We believe running is freedom and empowerment. We believe running solves problems and makes people happy. We even believe that if more people run, the world will be a better place. We believe in running because it is our passion. This is the Big Peach Running Company Run ATL Podcast with your host, Mike Cosentino. From the capital of the South, this is the Run ATL Podcast. My name is Mike Cosentino. I have such good fortune to be able to host this audio affair. I do not do it alone. Right beside me, my friend and yours, D2 Dolomite, Dave Martinez. D2, what a high. We are still on from an amazing weekend together and with others, new friends and old friends alike. Yes, so it was a fantastic weekend. Um, I think uh, I'm still kind of feeling a little recovery just because it was a whirlwind. I mean, it was just a busy uh, weekend. Um, so for uh, our listeners, they have probably heard about our spring break um, you know, uh, weekend that we had planned. That was this past weekend. And uh, it was it was a really good time. So it was a good time, and the inaugural Big Peach Spring Break. You and I have been working on it for quite some time. We shared a vision for it. Of course, you did so much good work promoting and ensuring accurate information for it, and then to have it come. And there are so many instances in our lives, I'm sure, in the lives of our listeners, where the rightful anticipation is so high; it's almost tough for the actual event or occurrence to be as good as what you think it's going to be, I will tell you, my friend, it was far better. It exceeded, for me, the enjoyment and, quite frankly, just the memory of what our first Big Peach Spring Break would be like. So, so cool. So I'm going to put you on the spot Mm -hmm. right now. Sure. What was most special or memorable, perhaps, to you from that weekend? There was, there, I mean, there are a lot of things that I remember. I mean, for me, it was the kind of the, the, the end where, you know, reflecting on the beginning where everyone was a stranger. No one knew each other that was coming to the camp, right? So true. And there were, and let me, let me unpack that even further. There were a number of people, quite a few, who not only didn't know anybody, they were bold enough. And I love, 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 love people like this. They didn't even register with anybody else. So when you say they didn't know anyone, it's not like, well, they came as a couple or they came as a friend or a few friends. Right. These were people who were literally courageous enough to say, this sounds super cool. I don't have others who I can lead on to make sure it works for them. So I'm signed up and I'm going to Blue Ridge on my own. Right. And many of them uh, had never run trails before. So that that <laughs> even more, that, more uh, credit so for them for, uh, for taking that, that leap. Uh, into uh, trail running, but uh, it was at the end where you know that everyone, as everyone's saying goodbye, everyone's giving each other hugs. Some are making plans to get together down the road in the future to do other uh, you know things on the weekend. So for people to arrive as strangers but leave as friends, that's truly special. That to me, I was like, and that we were a part of that, that we were able to help that. That that was really special. Well, let me do this for you. Let's walk down memory lane together. Think about Friday evening at Fannin Brewery. And when we did the introductions, everybody was kind enough to, to stand up and speak up and indicate who they were. But that was necessary because literally, with the exception of our team, nobody knew anybody else. And yet less, less than a full weekend later, like you said, people are hugging each other, exchanging information, smiling and laughing and almost regretting the fact that they have to separate from one another. Right. And that's what I think the great outdoors does. Certainly what Big Peach Spring Break was able to be a part of. That was was very cool. And for me, there are certain snapshots that I'll never have out of my mind. You know, for example, and 
This idea came to us on Saturday. Remember when we were breaking down the aid station from Saturday? Hopefully everybody was back in their cabins enjoying a little bit of well-deserved rest because of what we had taken on on Saturday. But we're still working and we're getting our aid station for the following day set up and putting things together for that evening for the barbecue. And Bob had this idea. It's like, you know what? Instead of a traditional aid station, let's deliver a surprise. This is a fun, loving group. This is a group that recognizes what kind of an accomplishment it is to tackle and ultimately conquer these trails. And his idea, oh my gosh, it was flawlessly executed. What we did, and you know this, but for our listeners, we took the last aid station. It was only about a mile from where we were serving brunch. And it is a big climb, just like it had been the case on Saturday. And then you come down, and it's quite a bit of a descent. And we set on this table in the middle of the woods one of our aid station coolers. And Ty, who's our general manager in Swanee and in Kennesaw, he and I had this idea. We'd act like the aid station cooler wasn't working. We couldn't get the spigot to actually pour out the sports drink. And would that be frustrating to our guests? Would that be frustrating to those who had just taken on this big climb and come back down? Well, what we did was, well, hey, Ty, look in the cooler. Let's see if there's something that's jammed it up or there's got to be a better way. Maybe we'll just scoop the sports drink out. Our friends, of course, from UCAN, so supportive. And inside the cooler was everything you needed to enjoy a mimosa right there in the middle of the National Forest. And I think everybody loved it. I know I love seeing the smiles on people's faces as we were pouring the orange juice and the champagne, celebrating them and certainly giving them due accolades for what an accomplishment they had now Saturday and Sunday. So, so cool. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, I wish I was there for that first group to come in and see their reaction because I didn't know how you were doing the, oh, something was wrong with it, with a cooler. But as I came down with it, with the next group, you know, they were very surprised that there was, they had mimosas and just kind of hanging out and, you know, didn't realize because we had run this uh, trail on Friday, just at us as a group to kind of preview the course. And we had come down and we hadn't really looked around off, you know, behind us for the, the, uh, the, the aid station was at to our, you know, there's a little creek, a little waterfall, hadn't seen it. And a couple people were over there and they're taking pictures and just enjoying themselves with the mimosas and just kind of, so that was a really nice kind of a break just to just kind of finish it up. And uh, that, that was very special. Indeed. And, and once again, we can say with proper evidence, we have the best jobs in the world. And that is going to be on full display in this conversation. We have the good fortune of Rich Kana, the executive director of the Atlanta Track Club with us today. The conversation we have very revealing and of course incredibly enjoyable. We get into some of the things he's done in his tenure in that position, but we also cover what he did as a professional athlete and some of his philosophy that whether in the home or in the office, whether on the track or on the road, whether it's in your own pursuit as an athlete or just as an individual will be good guidance for all of us. So we are very much looking forward to this conversation and bringing it to you. And that's what we'll do in just a moment. Please do not go anywhere. This is the Run ATL podcast, a brief break. And we will be right back. Celebrate our nation's independence with the official shoe of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. The Mizuno Wave Rider with the new Wave Knit Upper for a more comfortable and improved fit. Whether you're running down Peachtree Road on July 4th or need some cool kicks that show off your American pride, these shoes will get you noticed. 
don't delay. As in previous years, these limited edition shoes are expected to go quickly. They're available now at all seven Big Peach Running Company locations and online at bigpeachrunningco.com. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast. And true to our word, as D2 and I said before going into that break, we would have Rich Canal with us upon our return. And that is true. Rich, thank you so very much for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure. And I will tell you, I believe already that we could go on and on and on and ensure that we deliver intelligent, interesting, and and I'm certain that it would be inspiring content for all of our listeners. And it would be more than the time that we've allotted and certainly that we could, in good conscience, keep on your schedule. But being sensitive to that, you know what? What I want to do is I'm going to set this up right now. I want to dive into three things with you. You as an athlete, awesome career as an athlete. We'll go through some of that. But I really want to dig deeper whether someone is a high-performance athlete right now or someone who's just getting started, I know there are lessons that you can impart that will be helpful to both. Secondly, as an executive, as a business professional here in Atlanta and elsewhere, you've had a terrific career that I have found fun to learn about. But just as importantly, I've been able to take things and apply them in our business to make us better. And I know there are listeners who will do the same. And then thirdly, you are part of the Atlanta running community in a big and very, very cool way. And I think we would be doing our audience a disservice if we did not give them a chance to get to know you better. So we're going to touch on who you are personally as well. Does that seem fair? That seems fair. D2, all bets are off. We're going to stick to our agenda today. Yep. Sounds good. Right on. So let's jump right in, Rich. And and what I'm going to do really quickly for everybody, for those who do not already know this or know this about you, is go through some of the things that very much reflect the caliber of athlete you are and you have been. Let's go back to high school. New Jersey, a Jersey boy. Correct. State champion, two different distances, both the 800 and the mile. And for those of you who are either parents or who are running these distances as a prep star right now, our guest, 149 in the 800 as a state, I'm sorry, yes, in the 800 as a state champion and around 414 in the mile as a state champion in New Jersey. We talk about the U.S. Championships, Pan American Games. Two different terms people are very familiar with. You won junior titles there. Pen relays, I think everybody who is around the sport of running as a youth or as a collegiate athlete know the pen relays. You have victories there. NCAA title, 800 meter indoors. Get this time, 147 and 40 one hundredths of the second. That's pretty solid. You've won a bronze medal, world indoor and world outdoor track and field championships, three Olympic trials at the 800 meter distance, and you finished second in the 2000 U.S. Olympic team for Sydney in those trials that obviously put you on the U.S. team. Pretty sweet. Give us a little bit of an overview of how somebody becomes a state champion and then all of a sudden ends up in Sydney, Australia, as a part of the U.S. Olympic team. Well, the the well, thank you for that intro, by the way. It's uh, all true, right? I didn't have to build you up. It's all true. Well, I spent a lot of years running, obviously. Um, 
it, it the the first the first steps in the sport uh, did not indicate uh, any future success, and and uh, I've, I've said the story uh, quite a few times. But uh, my first race was was an event called the Nork Distance Classic in Nork, New Jersey. Uh, and, and how old were you at that point? I was uh, roughly you know six or seven. Okay. So uh, I'm not sure a six or seven year old should be running a four mile race, but I was, uh, and I was inspired to do it by a cousin of mine who um, who said, "Hey, I'm I'm running the race," and he was you know he was nine or ten, so he was a few years older than I, uh, and uh, so we ran together. Well, I should say we started together, uh, but uh, I was so far back. Uh, that I was lost. I was behind whatever SAG vehicles they had back in the day. So uh, my father had to flag down a, a police car, and he was driving around Newark looking for me uh, in a police car. Uh, ultimately, I found the finish line, and he found me. Um, was it an official finish, or were you so far behind that they had already shut the clock off, and you weren't actually listed as an official finish? I think it's more the latter than the former. <laughs> Um, but I, but I do have images of me uh, in the race uh, that, that day. I don't have any images actually coming across the line. Um, but my father did find me. Uh, he swore to to never let me do that again. Um, but then he went back on on that promise, and we spent a, a good number of weekends, uh, you know, in in my elementary and middle school days, sort of traveling around to road races in New Jersey, uh, just father and son, uh, you know, doing road races, five k's, eight k's, four miles, ten uh, k's. So I know you're a parent yourself now. We think about just that special experience, father and son traveling around to those races. Was that something that you very much had interest in? Or was that something that you kind of felt maybe a heavier hand from your dad and ultimately became a real benefit, but was more him pushing you than you saying, yes, this is something I really, really want to do? That's a great question. So I, you know, I've, I've got middle school kids now and, I, and involved in all kinds of sports and see uh parents who, who obviously push their kids uh, toward excellence in, in sport. And my father uh, was not that at all, a, a, a very laid back, relaxed, uh, quiet guy. Uh, he, he took, he let me take the lead on it. So, so that, that first race was just, I wanted to do something with a cousin of mine. Uh, another you know, very vivid memory of, of mine that, that I think you know, helped uh, help me you know, grow a love for the sport was attending the Milrose Games with my father. So not actually running, participating, but but going to Madison Square Garden. So I grew up in North Jersey. Yep. So Madison Square Garden was 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 a pretty famous place at the time uh, to to attend the Milrose Games and see you know the iconic names of the sport uh, uh, you know participate. Uh, and and one of those people that I saw was a guy by the name of Eamon Coggle. So he was known as the chairman of the boards at the time, uh, world indoor record holder uh, in the mile. And, you know, and Mary Slaney and Carl Lewis and Greg Foster and all the names uh, of, of the great American and international track and field athletes at the time. Um, so being in Madison Square Garden and watching Eamon Coughlin and, and watch whatever it is, 18, 20,000 people uh, come to life cheering for, you know, uh, you know the, the, the Olympic stars of those day. Of uh, those days made this impression on me, and it was just clear to me at that point um, that I wanted to be an Olympic athlete someday. Um, so, to, to short answer to your question, my, my dad never pushed me; he exposed me to the sport, and I developed the love of, uh, for it on my own. That's awesome. I think there's nobody in this room that's going to suggest we've got parenting 
all figured out. But I think that's that's great coaching. Obviously, first race ever, you wouldn't say that that was a smashing success if you're behind a SAG vehicle lost and you've got police and parents looking for you. And then, you know, you find this way to bond with a loved one without the pressure of having to perform at a certain level. And then you get exposure to what would be considered a very, very high level. And it isn't someone telling you, you've really got to pay attention. You just were drawn to it. And then as we went through that list of accomplishments, it obviously pushed you to want to get better and better year in and year out. 2000 Olympic Games. Before I ask you a question about, you know, celebrations and victories and all the, my guess, fun and success that comes with being an Olympic athlete, 2000 Olympic Games, you're there and and you're, whether it's the opening ceremonies or right before your heat's going to start. Are you thinking back to some of those things that I'm asking you about now, like that first road race or watching, you know, uh, those stars many years ago, over a decade ago at that point? What, what goes through your mind? As you're warming up for the event, no. But okay. as you're as you're walking in for the uh, for the opening ceremonies, and 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 you're met with hundreds of thousands of people lining the streets in in Sydney, and and the whatever eighty ninety thousand people fit in the stadium, and the the television audience of two billion people, and and you're wearing the you know the colors of of, of, of the United States of America, and recognizing and realizing that your dream had finally come true. Yes, absolutely. Race day, a little different story. You're you're you got the butterflies and you're focused on trying to race. That's awesome. And D two, no matter how many Olympians we ever talk to, I never get sick of hearing what it's like and how special it is. Just because we're never going to be able to live right. that out ourselves, so we have to live vicariously through people like Rich. So let's talk about things that we can understand a little bit, and that is the just the the, the natural difference between when things go really really well and when things don't necessarily go well. And the caliber of athlete you were, obviously there was both sides of the fence. Those days, everything went your way. Maybe that was that NCAA title. And those times that not everything went your way. You were in three Olympic trials. You made one Olympic team. Now we have Rich Kana, the executive. What did you take from all those years as a professional athlete, as an Olympian, into the professional life you live now? And what are those tidbits that those of us who will never be Olympians can still learn from? I guess I would, I would point to two things. So first is, uh, at least in, in our sport as an athlete, the highs are, are just crazy high and, 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 they, and they keep you coming back for more. Uh, and, and they're high because when you come across the line, you, you recognize and you realize that I did that. Uh, you're not part of a team per se, like you mm-hmm. know, like a basketball team or a soccer team or a football team. Um, so, so you're able to truly, um, you know, celebrate what you've accomplished. Um, uh, conversely, the lows are really, really low. Okay, great so, point. So, I learned. It sounds cliche, but I learned a lot more from the losses um, that I had in the sport, and I had a lot more losses than I had wins. Uh, and and. And those losses included many injuries. So I had uh, six or seven stress fractures. I remember reading um, that. I uh, had, had a lot of, you know, you mentioned some, some, some successes that I had, but I, I, I missed two Olympic teams before I made one. Uh, I was a, a member of a bunch of world championships before I won bronze medals at the world championships. Uh, I was a member of uh, the Georgetown University cross-country team and, and certainly didn't even make it to the top five or top seven uh, a bunch of seasons there. 
uh, and it's it's the it's the the memories and the lessons learned from the losses and the setbacks that that helped you know set you up for the successes, but the successes that came you back came you know basically allowed you to come back for more. And think of it think of it almost sort of like golf. I mean, mm-hmm. sort of in any, in any eighteen round um, any eighteen hole round, uh, you're you, know, you certainly have a lot more bad. At least you know, coming out of the Masters, you have uh, most people have more. <laughs> bad shots than yep. they have good shots. Uh, and, and that's the, that's the way running is. So for those, for those who, who get frustrated or struggle with those setbacks, um, just recognize that they'll all be worth it when you, you know, when you, when you set that PR, or when you reach that distance, uh, when you just basically accomplish what you've, what you've been training for. So that's, that's one. And then two is you don't start to accomplish anything until you're mildly uncomfortable. And we, and we say that sort of at a, at a staff level all the time at Atlanta Track Club. My first day four, four plus years ago, uh, I sat, sat with everybody at our, at our, in our boardroom on Shadow Lawn at the time and said, as a middle distance runner, uh, you learn to be mildly uncomfortable and you're only successful when you, when, when you become comfortable again, with it being mildly uncomfortable. Uh, so that's, that's been the mantra that I've had and the mantra that all of our staff have had over these last four years. So let's talk about that particular part of who you are. And, and for those who do not know, certainly this will be in the show notes, links to Rich's biography as well as the Atlanta Track Club and all the programs that they are involved with. He is the executive director for the Atlanta Track Club. It's a position that he's held since 2014. And Rich, I remember when that position was open and I didn't have an intimate understanding of who the candidates were, but I know it was a really top-notch candidate pool. Obviously, at the end of the day, the selection committee determined this individual, who we have here right now, was the most qualified. And now you've got over four years that you've been in that role. Couple of questions as it relates to the position you're in now. What made you want this position? For all of us who have been in and around Atlanta even longer than you have, who have perhaps been exposed to what the Atlanta Track Club as a 50-year-old organization has been about and continues to be about, what was it that attracted you to the possibility associated with this role? I'd rather be lucky than good. Um, I, I truly believe I've got the, the best job in the sport. Uh, Impossible. I've said on this podcast numerous times, I've got the best job in the sport. <laughs> so even though he says that, for everybody who's out there, it's it's still this job with Big Peach Running Company. We'll have to have another podcast where we debate it. <laughs> That's, that would be good detail. You can host oh, yeah. a debate who has the best job in the sport of running. So when, when I... Uh, is, I, I guess it's back in 2013-14. At the time, I was working for a company called Global Athletics and Marketing. Yep. And and uh, we're a small niche sports marketing company managing Olympic level athletes. So agents for Olympic level athletes, as well as putting on what I would call televised Olympic All Star track and field events. Uh, we were also providing some consulting services uh, to road races and marathons. And I had started to do more and more work on the marathon side. And we spent a bunch of time doing uh, some contract work for the Boston Marathon. Okay. And during that time, I was starting to recognize and realize that I was, I was having more fun, getting more fulfillment out of interacting with the real runner, the everyday runner, and, and not just the elite athlete. I'd been around the elite athlete side of the sport for so long. So, so that was sort of the, you know, the light bulb moment, if you will, for, hey, it, it's time to find a way to, to, to live 
uh, in the broader runner space and not just the elite athlete space. Um, and it was about that time that I'd heard uh, of the opening at, at Atlanta Track Club. Atlanta Track Club, in, to, to my knowledge, was just a, an organization that had a great reputation in the space as being well-run and well-governed for a long, long time. And, of course, was known for the AJC Peachtree Road Race. Sure. So, admittedly, I didn't know enough about Atlanta, and I didn't know enough about Atlanta Track Club, um, but I was lucky enough to, uh, to make it through the interview process, the screening process, uh, and found myself and, and my family here in Atlanta. And it's been, and we haven't looked back since. That's, that's awesome. And, and obviously, I know D2, and I have expressed this to you previously, so we'll say it publicly. We are thrilled that this is a position that you now hold. You have been tremendous for this community. I know a lot of our listeners know much about the Atlanta Track Club. For those who do not, the executive director role at the Atlanta Track Club includes some of these responsibilities. Rich alluded to the AJC Peachtree Road Race. It includes the race directorship for that race. It also includes the same for the public's now Atlanta Marathon and Half Marathon. There is a race that Rich and his team have incepted since his arrival, the PNC Atlanta 10-miler. That is under his direction, an event that we always get very, very enthusiastic about just for uh, calendar purposes that you may know of. It is the largest half marathon on Thanksgiving Day, now referred to as the Atlanta Half Marathon. And then, of course, there are programs that do not get as much publicity, but my goodness, should they make you feel good about being a runner in Atlanta, like the Kilometer Kids program. For those who are not Atlanta Track Club members yet, we'll talk a little bit about that, but there is a Grand Prix series that is another half dozen to 10 events every year. There is a free track and field series that's open to everyone in the public, not just former Olympians like Rich, but real hackers like D2 and I. There are so many different programs that the Atlanta Track Club is involved with, and certainly Rich himself is as well. So let's talk about that side of the sport where you're working with the more recreational athletes. Similar to you, that was my draw to wanting to be in the role that I'll still claim as the best in the sport. Now that you've been in this position for four plus years, what would you say has been maybe the highlight to date or a couple of things that you're just like, what a special memory that will always be part of who I am? I'd, I'd probably have to say the, the, the best day or the best memory I have thus far uh, is that, that first Peachtree Junior event another uh, great that, event that um that i was a part of so that was spring of 2014 so everybody knows the the the, the, the ajc peachtree road race a lot of people know peachtree junior uh which is a next generation peachtree participant but i had never been in piedmont park uh to see uh the event in full flight so to see 3,000 kids uh, getting for many of them getting their first taste of the sport and recognizing and realizing um, that these kids uh, in in, a, in just a number of years will be um, that ne next generation Petri mm, participant and being part of that was 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 really super cool for me uh, and I would add every event that we have uh, there is no better place to be than at the finish line and interacting with the participants as they come across the line and hearing their feedback uh, about about the course, the experience they had, 
achieving their goal, their PR, uh, complaining about the hills, um, you know, all of the above. It's just a great place to feel the energy of the Atlanta running community. Well, and along those lines of feeling it, I will tell everyone who may think, my goodness, doesn't he have to say that as the executive director? One of the first pictures I saw of Rich before we started working together as closely as we do now was Rich at the finish line. I'm not sure which race it was, but the smile on your face, I know it was genuine. The high five you were giving to the finisher was equally as thrilling for you as it was for that finisher. And it was just this awesome, perhaps timeless snapshot for me of who this executive director was. And you have lived and walked that out nonstop. One of my favorite stories that I saw personally, it was not a photograph. We had a packet pickup at our town Brookhaven location. It was raining sideways before the Atlanta Thanksgiving Day Half Marathon. And Rich was out there directing traffic because he's not only vitally concerned with the safety of his runners and those associated with the course on race day, you obviously have that mindset that you want to provide this amazing experience the entire way through every single day of the year. And it shows in one more thing that I'll thank you for publicly as we have this conversation. Well, if you, if you want to be a race director and you, and you don't like the elements, uh, you might want to rethink sort of your, your career aspirations. It's, it, it's, it's, part, it's part and parcel to what we do is, is being out there and dealing with the elements. But to be honest with you, it's not just me. It's everybody on our 30-person on our staff. It's, yep. it's the thousands of volunteers uh, each day, each week, each month, each year who, have, um, who step up and have con- continued to step up in my time. Uh, to keep the traditions of Atlanta Track Club and the Atlanta running community alive. That's the fun part about going to work every day, is it's not just me. Um, we, we've got, you know, you talk about sort of the, you know, the best jobs. I, I, you know, again, I've got the best job, and I'll, and I'll fight you tooth and nail on that. But I also think we've got the best staff uh, in the running industry as well. Well, and one day if we traded roles, we would probably say, he can't possibly have the best job because if I had to do what you did every day, I would sure come running back to Big Peach Running Company saying this is so much more comfortable. So let's think about what maybe is still part of the best job, but you're glad is in the rear view. Obviously, every job, whether you're in or out of the sport of running, comes with those things. It's like, wow, am I glad that season's over? Or I hope that that doesn't go the same way next time. Mm-hmm. Now that you've got four plus years in this, what are you happy that is kind of part of the history and perhaps not something that you would say, yes, that's what I'm going to plant a flag on doing again. So I, I reference, you know, being at uh, at Peachtree Junior as, as one of as one of the best memories thus far. Uh, you know, one of the scariest memories was the 2015 AJC Peachtree Road Race. Um, you know, when in 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 the first time in our 40 plus year history at the time we had a lightning strike during the race. So, and I think that's that's every race director's nightmare. Um, so all of all of the forecasting, all the models said that the storm that was coming from Alabama uh, uh, was weakening, and that there would not be uh, any severe weather associated with it. There was. Uh, so we had we had a lightning strike uh, very close to uh, uh, right, actually right between the start and the finish line, uh, and we had. Uh, Tens of thousands of people out on the course, and we have tens of thousands of people at the start line, and what do you do? So it really was a trial by fire. Uh, you, you have all of these emergency plans, uh, and we have had them. We had them for decades, but they had never been used. Uh, so glad that's in the rear view. Um, in many ways, glad it happened because it, it helped us update our plans, 
and, and sharpen our reaction to, to such an event going forward. And thankfully, it was just one lightning strike. We were able to take uh, about 25,000 people off of Peachtree, put them in parking garages, and about 30 to 40 minutes later, restart the race and get them back down to, uh, to Piedmont Park. What a great answer for two reasons. Not only does it reinforce, of course, Rich, your mindset relative to the safety and enjoyment of your events and your programs with those who are participating and your members, but also I think, D2, when I heard him say this, I'm like, wow, you know, we've got a busy Saturday and hopefully all of our stores are rocking and then the internet goes out in one or two of them and the point of sale system goes down and we feel like that is really, really, really bad news. But compared to what Rich is talking about when you've got 65,000 people who are literally fully exposed to lightning or additional lightning, that makes me feel better about a point of sale outage on a Saturday when we're really crushing it in the stores. And I think that's a lesson that all of us should keep in mind that we can learn how to get better when things don't go the way we want or the way we expect. And to do what you did, which now says, we got to sharpen our skills. We got to continuously learn from what doesn't go the way we thought it would and be better next time because we should be better prepared. It goes back to my point earlier, mildly uncomfortable. Admittedly, that day I was more than mildly uncomfortable. Um, But that's when we get better. Well, and I'm happy to report we have far fewer point of sale outages than we did five years ago because we put all kinds of backups in place and we've done things that we never would have if we weren't hugely uncomfortable that our guests can't check out because we've got no way to operate the equipment. One of the things that you've been really bullish on is new programming at the Atlanta Track Club. I know you've done some things with the AJC Peachtree Road Race that were not the case before you were here. There's an elite athlete program that did not exist before you were here. There was an investment from the community, but that was spearheaded by the Atlanta Track Club, Piedmont Park, Cheney Stadium, that in my opinion would not have happened without you and your team. This new programming, this desire for you know doing new things all the time, what's coming down the pike? Anything that you can kind of tell us on air, perhaps even for the first time? Uh, well, I, I, no, nothing, nothing for the first time. I, I, w- I would point to to one initiative that that uh, uh, is out there at the moment, and we should hear hopefully in the coming days and weeks. Uh, Atlanta Track Club's bid to bring the 2020 uh, Olympic Team Trials Marathon uh, to Atlanta. Uh, and we should, we should, we, so we were one of four bid cities, uh, and we should hear whether, whether we'll, uh, well, we'll, we'll win that bid here in the next couple of weeks. Uh, so, so that's sort of this big pie in the sky, you know, uh, celebrate the sport in all its glory from, from the elite side, but bring the community into that trials experience uh, on, on Publix Atlanta Marathon weekend. So really integrate the elites with, with the everyday runner that, we, that we've already talked about. Um, and this all plays to sort of a, a larger goal, a larger vision, uh, and, a, and a bigger focus uh, for Atlanta Track Club and then me personally is making sure that that next generation kid, right, that, 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 that six-year-old kid who's running that four-mile race who probably shouldn't be running that four-mile race um, gets that experience, that exposure to the sport so that, you know, the next executive director or three executive directors from now 50 years from now, Atlanta Track Club still exists. It's still acting on its mission and its vision of impacting health and wellness through running and walking. So you'll see a lot more talk, investment, focus from Atlanta Track Club on youth going forward. Very, very cool. And it sounds reminiscent of your time as a youth yourself in Madison 
Square Garden. One quick tidbit, Amy Begley was kind enough to give us a little bit of a preview that that bid was out there and that Atlanta at least had a reasonable shot of being awarded that. Big Peach Running Company opened its first doors in 2004. Shortly after we opened, I went to Birmingham for the marathon trials there, and I came back to Atlanta and said to a Many people as who would listen, why cannot Atlanta have that kind of excitement that I saw in Birmingham that weekend? And now, thanks to you and your team, the possibility exists 16 years later that we will. So thank you. Well, I, I, hope, I hope we bring it to sure. Atlanta. I know there are no guarantees. And, 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 you know, but I, but I, I guess I would just take sort of one exception to that. And myself and my team, uh, you know, we're we're evangelists for this running community. So, so this has to be about Atlanta track club and its members. It has to be about your customers. It has to be about everybody in the Atlanta community. If we want to make this the best trials, you know, that's it, that's ever been staged. And I think we can do that. And that all plays to our feeling at Atlanta track club. And I'm sure you, uh, you would agree with us that it, Atlanta is, is one of the best running communities in the country. And I'm not sure that enough people know, recognize, and realize that. The AJC Peachtree Road Race, the world's largest 10K, um, is rep, you know, ha, has representatives. I think last year we had 47 states, 31 countries. But it still remains largely a local phenomenon. Uh, so this trials effort, our, our, our focus on the, on the public's Atlanta Marathon, our focus on youth, is to show that everybody in the runner life cycle and everybody across the country that Atlanta is the running destination, not just a running destination. That's awesome. And, and you're right. I mean, we're on record as subjective as it may sound as saying that Atlanta is the best running city on the planet. So we very much do agree with that. And if we are fortunate enough to see Atlanta, thanks to your efforts, awarded those trials, we will do everything we can to get people to come out because I just remember how I felt at those trials. I was never connected with the city of Birmingham, but there was a sense of pride that was associated with that event that I couldn't explain. And that's why I came back just saying, gosh, that was, oh my, I wish you could see and feel what I felt over the weekend. And now that possibility exists. So believe me, we will be all over it if that is the decision that is made by the host committee. Okay. For those who are not Atlanta Track Club members, and there are a few of them out there, the Atlanta Track Club now, almost 30,000 members, second largest running organization in the country. That's not enough for you. That I know. Why would we not want another 2,000, another 20,000, another 20% to be a part of the Atlanta Track Club? In your opinion, and I'm going to answer this question as well, but I want you to go first, Rich. In your opinion, for those who do not know everything that the Atlanta Track Club does, why should they consider being a member before this year expires or certainly in 2019 and going forward? Uh, quite simply, I think it's the best value in all of Atlanta. And there, there was actually I shouldn't say that it's the second best value in all of Atlanta. The fit uh, process at Big Peach Running Company, number one. Is that what you were thinking? No, you of? guys are third. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Please tell me number one. I, I, do not keep us in suspense. A, a membership to the Atlanta Zoo. So, so for as an individual member for thirty five dollars, you, you know, you've 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 got this suite of services and, and incredible value. Um, and I would point to our Grand Prix as as probably the delivery mechanism of the, of the greatest amount of value. So you, you referenced it earlier, ten to a dozen free road races a year, which 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 really fit with our vision and our mission. It's not just about putting on the world's largest ten k. 
our our vision is to is to literally change Atlanta through running and walking and get everybody healthy. So so for thirty five dollars, having that opportunity to compete in free races throughout the year, so that you are out there running and walking throughout the year, not just on that you know crazy hot day of July fourth, is is really what we're about. And I think that's why I I I everyone should be a, a member of Atlanta Track Club. Um, even if you're not doing all of our races, even if you're not, even if you, you know, you have a lake house on the 4th of July and you, and you don't want to be here for the 4th of July, we do so much more than just the peach tree. Well, and, and that is so true for those who go to the website immediately because of all the different programs that are out there. I was going to second that as far as the Grand Prix. I think there are some who may not know they do. And you referenced, even if they have a lake house, there are plenty of us who do not the lottery that is very much a necessity for the AJC Peachtree Road Race because of the demand, even though it's the world's largest, it does give you a bit of a leg up. But to your point, this is a membership that delivers value, real value, all year long. And I, I think about both the Grand Prix Series, I think about the track and field opportunities, and then as a parent, the number of activities that you can take your family or your children or one person in your family, maybe it's like you, following your cousin to the starting line and just have this memory that if it doesn't just last that weekend, it may be something that changes a relationship or your life and your perspective on Ryan. You do that all year round and is something that you see on the cover of your magazine. It is something that you see images on your website and it is so easy for us to get lost in the starting line pictures at the AJC Peachtree Road Race. But as a parent and as someone who has the good fortune of serving people who are never going to be an Olympian or perhaps even win their age group, those are the images that come to life because of the Atlanta Track Club. So if you want to build relationships, if you want to get healthy as a family or as a business unit or as a neighborhood, the Atlanta Track Club, in my opinion, is by far the best way to make that happen. And for $35, my goodness, does it get any better than that? And I would add, uh, and you touched on this, uh, our core values, community, camaraderie, competition. Uh, and, and there's no better way to, to sum up who we are uh, than through those three C's. So let's talk about camaraderie for a second. I mentioned family is important to me. My family does. What I used to do was go down to the starting line of the AJC Peachtree Road Race. I used to be a little bit faster, not as fast as you. And I would just see, well, my goodness, will I be one of the top 1,000? And in most cases, I was. Now it's totally different. I have two teenagers and it's a family affair and I run with my daughter. It was over 60 minutes for me last year, but still it was the time of my life. That, to me, was a camaraderie that, quite frankly, will live on well beyond any of the mugs I used to get as a top 1,000 finisher. How do you see camaraderie? What does that look like in your mind as the first thing that's part of that core mission? Well, on the 4th of July, it, I see us as, as more than just uh, the world's largest 10K. I see us as the world's largest running party. And, yep. you know, quick you know, reference to your kids. My, my son, this first year around the Peachtree, you know, found me afterwards and said, Dad, someone gave me a slice of pizza during the race. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there, there's no other race where you're going to be handed a slice of pizza. But on, on the rest of those days throughout the year, uh, that, that camaraderie uh, is, is you showing up at an event, a program, at our offices, whether whether you're an elite athlete, whether you are a, a, a you know a soccer mom who who is who is looking to participate in, in, in her first 5K, uh, whether you want to uh, just walk and finish your first 5K, that that is you being received in the same way by our staff and our community and welcomed, regardless of you know how fleet of foot you are. 
Uh, that's what Atlanta Track Club is. And that's a challenge we have, to be honest with you. It, track is in our name and it, and it intimidates some folks. Um, but our but our goal is to, is to sort of remove all of those barriers and make sure that that camaraderie is seen each and every day at our events and our programming and our building. Well, and it, it does come through. One of the things that we talk about at Big Peach Running Company, there are only three types of people in this world. Everyone ends up in one of these categories. People who like to run, people who would like to run, and people who would like to like to run. Everybody falls into one of those three categories, and quite frankly, you serve all of them with reckless abandon. Same intention we have. Some days are harder than others, but I think it speaks to the camaraderie, and that's why I asked about that particular term to start with, because you are serving such a wide variety of individuals with equal acumen in each. I like the reckless abandon piece of that. How about that, huh? <laughs> so... If we take the executive and now move from Rich Kana, the executive director and this, this business professional, and we get a chance to learn a little bit more about you, I'm not going to get off where we can learn. Obviously, D2 and I have business and business units and team members that we get the good fortune of leading. We talked about your athletic career and the fact that you learned more from some of those days that were tougher than some of those days that went exactly the way you would want them to. Let's think about who you are and kind of how you've become the person you are in the office, maybe in the home, and certainly out there in public. What are you reading these days that you're just like, there's just great application. What are you watching? What are you listening to? Give us a sense of what you kind of consume that kind of makes who you are and the kind of content that you're taking in because you know you're going to get a chance to share it or use it. That's a good question. Uh, I, I've become you know borderline obsessed with Twitter of, of okay. late. Uh, you know, I find... Uh, I find more running-related content. I, I love to review, again, the experiences of, of everyone from that Olympic hopeful, you know, that Olympic medalist, all the way down to those, you know, those participants, uh, those members of Atlanta Track Club, who I see posting you know, their, their medal coming across the line. That, 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 the, that was what, you know, what just happened, the Publix Georgia Marathon yeah. and the Publix Georgia Half Marathon. So it's the it's not necessarily reading that you know that book on running it's it's the it's the interaction it's the emotion uh, it's the feedback that I that I get from our participants in our community on Twitter that's that's sort of driving me of late. Well, and we're similar in age. We've already you know kind of unpacked that when the microphone was not on. What are you doing from a running perspective yourself? I know you're still out there. What I did not know was that you did the 800 in the Masters Games not too long ago. And yet I've seen you cross finish lines yourselves when we're at races that are not Atlanta Track Club events and we both happen to be in the same place. How are you keeping yourself super fit as you obviously are? Uh I, I don't admittedly run as much as I would like. Uh, when I do run, I still try to run faster than what I should. Uh, <laughs> don't we all? <laughs> uh, so, you know, I, I, I guess one of the one of the downsides to the, to this great job that I have uh, is that I don't get a, the opportunity to participate in uh, as many races as I would like because okay. I'm, I'm mostly working at races. Mm -hmm. uh, so most of my running is 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 done in and around my house or in and around our office, mm -hmm. uh, and it's it's. It's a way for me to, to measure sort of my ever-failing fitness, if you will. Uh, I, have a, I have a sort of a, I have that, you know, typical obsessive-compulsive runner gene. So I, I, I'll go for, you know, for, for a couple of months running the same, you know, same out and back or the same loop and just time myself uh, relative to, to how fast I ran it the last week. 
uh, to see how I'm doing. And then I get burned out on it, and then I try it again in a different location. So I don't run long. Uh, my longest runs uh, last, you know, the last couple months has been sort of nine or ten miles. Okay, that's um, but, solid. But, but I'm, you know, I'm typically a four to six mile a guy three or four times a week. Well, and I learned the hard way, D2. Rich and I went for a run earlier this year that was originally just going to be a conversation about a variety of things that obviously were part of the intersections of our two organizations. And the next time we do it, Rich, it's going to be on a mountain trail because I feel like you had me pretty winded pretty quickly and I could not figure out a way on the Atlanta Beltline to catch up so they could have been as conversational as what I thought it might be. This guy can still move. But you're on, you're you're at home on the on the trails. I'm at home on the trails, so that's why I'm like I want you in my backyard at some point. And not that we couldn't do Beltline runs, but if it's going to be conversational, I'd rather ask you a question right before we start an incline. Fair, I'm ready. You're ready. All right, there it is. It's out there. Your family now in Atlanta. You grew up in Jersey. I did. Tell me about what you think of this great city just as a father and as a husband, as someone who's getting a chance to explore the South in a way that you didn't as an athlete when you were here, or you didn't certainly when you were interviewing for this position or considering the Atlanta Track Club. What do you find it? And we have so many people that are coming to Atlanta, you know, every single month. I know we have new listeners from research that D2 and I have done every single episode that they're new because they just got here. So what is it that you could share as a relatively new Atlanta that's been so thrilling to you and other roles that you play besides the executive director of the Atlanta Track Club? So I guess I'm one of those people that's adding to the to the congestion out on the connector because I'm because <laughs> I'm one of the newer arrivers. Uh, I I would say, and I say this to to friends and family back up in the Northeast, I run into more people from New Jersey and New York and Atlanta than I do in New Jersey and New York. Uh, and and I would say the the what I found uh, in Atlanta and our family has found is that that Atlanta is much more of a melting pot than I ever expected it to okay. be. You know, very transient city. Um, you know, so and a lot of that is due to the to the a lot of the multinational companies mm-hmm. that are here. Sure. Um, but have very much enjoyed the diversity that we found. Uh, here in Atlanta, and specifically, we've enjoyed the increasing diversity in the running community. Uh, I'd like to say that 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 we've been um, part of that, but I but I think it's more likely that 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 we've just enjoyed watching it happen. Uh, and I've and I've said this story a, a bunch a bunch of times, but uh, Tony Carey, one of the one of the founders of, of Black Girls Run. Uh, was one of the first people that I met here in the running community when I arrived four years ago, uh, and and she lamented the fact that the the sport has typically been just a bunch of old white men in shorty shorts running around, and and it's not that anymore. Not at all. And and that's a really cool thing to be a part of and to see uh, on the streets of Atlanta every every week. Well, I think that jives well with your personal ethos of wanting to be so close to that recreational participation, to that person who's getting started for the first time. Gender, race, age, body type, none of it matters. You are welcome here. The Atlanta Track Club is for you. Well said. Yep. So, well, here's what I'll say as well, and this is so very true. You are a gift to the Atlanta running community. You are a gift to the business community and to all those who have the good fortune of interacting both with your organization and with team members of yours. Dave and I cannot express our our appreciation on behalf of Big Peach Running Company deeply enough. You have been terrific and we appreciate you being with us this evening and certainly for everything that you're doing. Rich, thank you. We will be right back. Do not go anywhere after this break. We will wrap up this wonderful edition of the Run ATL podcast. Do your feet hurt? 
Feel any discomfort in your joints or lower back when you run? Your shoes might be the root of the problem. Whatever your fitness level, your feet should be comfortable and your shoes shouldn't be the cause of an injury or keep you from achieving your fitness goals. Come into any of our seven Big Peach Running Company locations for a free three-step fit process, including a video gait analysis. Our professional fitters will help get you into shoes that fit so you can enjoy running, walking, or any activity that requires you to be on your feet. Our 100% satisfaction guarantee will give you peace of mind if your new shoes don't live up to your expectations. Simply return them. No problems, no hassles, no time limit. We want to make sure you're completely happy with your shoes so you can achieve your fitness goals. Visit Big Peach Running Company today. And welcome back to the Run ATL podcast and D2. We said in our intro... We have the best jobs in the world. We also get to hang out with some of the coolest people. It is awesome to consider Rich a friend and certainly an influence in our business and in this industry that we love so much. I'm going to give you a quote right now. I'm going to ask you. I'm going to put you on the spot as I love to do. Yep, absolutely. Give me the quote and then you tell me what it means, who said it. Atlanta is running city USA. Well, that's that's an easy one um, because I've, I've I've read that quote before in our conversation. Recently, yeah, I mean, because um, I know Rich is, you know, that was Rich Kana who that, who said that quote, and it's something that he's been striving uh, to do. As and and I think you feel the same way that Atlanta is you know should be considered one of the best you know places to run or the running capital of the U.S. You know, there's other cities that probably claim that, and we feel that we should be up there uh, along with those that that claim as uh, you know their own city as a running community, a running Mecca. And uh, so I know that's what Rich is trying to do. And he's, 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 get, he's doing it. He's proving it. Atlanta is running City USA. It is our privilege and absolutely something that all of us as Atlanta should be proud of. The Atlanta Track Club did it. D2, as you know, for those of you who do not yet, we were the city of Atlanta Thanks to the Atlanta Track Club, and I am certain many, many others from other organizations was awarded the 2020 Olympic Trials for the marathon. That event will determine who makes the U.S. Olympic team in that particular discipline. What a great achievement and what a wonderful honor for our city and for this entire sport that we get to serve every single day. Right. I mean, we when we talked to Rich and and we you know we taped the you know, Rich's segment you know uh, uh, you know probably a week or two ago, but we wanted to hold off because we knew the announcement was coming, and we didn't really know what it was going to be. And hopefully, as it turned, it did turn out. Atlanta got it, and you know, so we're excited about it. I think so the city of Atlanta is excited about it because we've seen the comments through Facebook, and 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 people are just excited about it. They know that this is a big deal, at least the running community, and it reminds me a little bit. You know, and I'm already kind of picturing what it's going to look like um, because it reminds me a little bit years ago when there was a tour to Georgia and you had professional cyclists coming, you know, through Georgia. And I remember they're lined up around Centennial Olympic Park for this huge, you know, uh, cycling event. And it was a spectacle. I mean, it was you had everyone, non-cyclists, people that were just kind of interested just to look at professional sports in a, in a in a different light and that's how i see this kind of coming is seeing all these professional runners uh and you know with the olympics tied to it uh, you know i think it's going to be amazing i think we're going to see 
um, a lot of kids, a lot of families, and maybe potential you know people that are going to jump into running because of this. And maybe there'll be a, a kid very similar to how Rich you know described it you know and and you know as he experienced it, wanting to live and fulfill that Olympic dream. And I think that's what's going to happen. Is like. Here in Atlanta, we may see a future Olympian down the road because of the Olympic trials here in Atlanta. That's a great point. I love how you drew out something that Rich said, connected it to work that he helped lead. Congratulations to the Atlanta Track Club and the Atlanta Sports Council for this successful achievement. The one thing that we will now do for those of you who are hearing this news for the first time is let you also begin to have a vision for what this will look like since D2 mentioned his. It will occur on Saturday, February 29th. Seems a long time away from now in 2020. It will be part of what is going to be referred to as the Publix Atlanta Marathon Weekend. The course will start and finish in Centennial Olympic Park. Perfect venue, of course, as it acknowledges the heritage that Atlanta enjoys as an Olympic city from the Centennial Olympic Games in 1996. It will take the competitors through Midtown Atlanta. Of course, it will run them through Piedmont Park. It'll go through a number of our beautiful neighborhoods. And of course, it will absolutely take them underneath the iconic Olympic rings and cauldron that still stands strong closer to the Georgia State Stadium. And for many who were not here in 1996, I was here. It was a special time. I went out to watch the Olympic Marathon that morning. This is their opportunity to see both Olympic hopefuls and some future Olympians compete in the same way that Rich did and that those of us who were here in 1996 got a chance to do. Do not take this opportunity lightly. Get excited now. Make your plans to be part of that special weekend and on the course, perhaps as a competitor as well. It will not be where the general public is racing alongside those who are attempting to make the Olympic team, but it will all happen in similar proximity and on similar dates. It's going to be so, so special. We can hardly wait. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it. I think it's, uh, I think it's going to be a, a great thing for the city of Atlanta and uh, looking forward to it. Rock on, city of Atlanta. We've said it before, not as eloquently as Rich did as running City USA. We've said Atlanta is the best city on the planet in which to be a runner. That is true. We have to wait over a year for that event to occur. But here's good news. It'll be just another couple of weeks, and we will be back with our next episode of the Ron ATL podcast. In the meantime, thank you so very much for being part of the fun. And as we always say and certainly mean, may your best miles be those covered on foot.